Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with HowStuffWorks and iHeartRadio and I love all things tech and Happy New Year! For the last several years, I've set aside an episode at the end of the calendar year or beginning of the new year to make predictions that will follow in the months ahead. I do pretty well. Most of the time, I, you know, I end up being at least partly right about a few things and entirely wrong about other things. The future is pretty hard to predict, even for someone who's really smart. So for a goofus like me, it's nearly a coin flip situation in some cases. So this year, I thought I would change it up a little bit. I thought I would give myself a break. Rather than make predictions of what I think might or might not happen over the next year, I am going to talk about what I hope to see happen. So these are based off of stuff that happens to be going on today and the outcomes that I hope to see from those things that are going on. I don't necessarily believe 
that all or even most of these outcomes will happen. But I figure we can all engage in a little wishful thinking now and then, as long as we remember that it is, in fact, wishful and not necessarily realistic. And it gives us something to work for. Now, I'll warn you, some of you might find this episode to be preachy, and I understand that. And I can't really argue against it, though my intent isn't to preach, but to beseech, perhaps, or just kind of explain where I'm coming from. However, if you find the whole idea to be off-putting, I won't blame you for skipping this episode. I understand I would rather you spend your time doing something you enjoy doing, and it's totally fine. There's no hard feelings on my end. So if you think it ends up sounding preachy and you don't want to listen to it, that's fine. You don't have to write me or tweet me to let me know because, you know, I'm doing it anyway. So here we go. With that in mind, let's start with transparency. If 2018 had one super strong theme for some of the biggest companies out there, I'm talking about companies like Google, Facebook, Twitter, Apple, that kind of thing, it was that there was a lack of transparency in general, and it can make a tricky situation turn into a disastrous one. So, for example, it's bad if you discover a data breach, right? If you find out someone has managed to get hold of information that should have been under protection, that's bad. But that bad situation can be made much worse if you then try to keep that information quiet, if you're trying to keep it away from the public until it is no longer possible to hide it, and then it all becomes public. That sort of behavior breeds distrust and anger, and it should, because the general public tends to be unknowing victims of these breaches. So it's only fair to let them know what has happened as soon as possible so that they can, you know, make moves to protect themselves. So my hope for 2019 is that companies adopt a more transparent approach. In general, not just for data breaches, but for other stuff too, they should think ahead about the possible impact that their decisions are going to have on their customers and the public at large. They should explain those decisions as best they can without, you know, obviously getting into the point where you're revealing too much about your strategy or, you know, you're talking about insider trading or something like that. They should consider the consequences and make better choices and be clear about those choices when communicating them to the world at large. So if a company experiences a data breach, I would hope that after the initial investigation, which I think is still necessary, if nothing else, just to get a handle on what the scope of the breach was, after that initial investigation, the company probably should come forward and let people know so that they can, in fact, go out to try and make sure they're their stuff is as safe as it can be, and to help mitigate the amount of harm that can be done otherwise. Likewise, if a company decides to make a change in policy that's going to affect customers or employees, I would like to see them do that in a clear and honest way. When Apple admitted that it had been throttling the performance of older models of the iPhone, ostensibly to preserve the battery life of those old phones, that was a bit too late because people had already figured out that Apple was throttling those old phones and they had already assigned motivation to Apple. A lot of people believe that the whole reason it was done was the company was trying to convince people to upgrade to newer iPhone models. You know, you just sit there and say, wow, my old iPhone just doesn't run as fast as it used to. I guess I need a new one. That was what people were saying Apple's intent was. 
And maybe that was true. But assuming Tim Cook was sincere when he said that Apple wasn't trying to push people into buying new phones, but rather they were throttling the old ones so that they wouldn't burn through battery life so quickly. That was the official uh, uh, explanation. Even if that's true, that explanation came too late. People had already made and believed another story, which again might also possibly be true. Sometimes I think it's necessary for a company to make a change in policy in order to do business or to optimize the technology. And sometimes those changes, while necessary, are not popular with customers. But I think it's for that reason that companies need to be more transparent about the whole thing. I think people are more likely to accept, even if it's begrudgingly, a change if they at least understand the reasoning behind the change. Otherwise, they get the feeling that companies are either hoping their customers are ignorant or stupid or unobservant, that we're all marks, in other words. We're all suckers. And if you feel a company holds you in contempt, you're not likely to feel particularly warm toward it. So I hope in 2019 we see companies treat the general public with a little more respect in these policies. I also hope to see companies respond more quickly to concerns that have legitimacy behind them. If customers have a legitimate complaint about a product or service, or if employees object to corporate policies, or, and I think this is incredibly important, if an employee brings allegations of sexual harassment or sexual discrimination against a fellow employee or an executive, I want companies to treat those events with the attention they deserve and not to be slow in doing so. In 2018, there were stories of companies failing to do this, or at least failing to do it adequately and timely until public scrutiny and criticism essentially forced them to change their policies. Google was faced with enormous pressure, both from within the company and from outside the company, to change its mandatory arbitration policy. That was the policy that required employees to try and resolve conflicts, including allegations of sexual harassment and discrimination, internally inside Google. That usually meant that very little was being done about the problems, and it perpetuated a harmful culture in some departments. Now, Google has since backed off this policy. They've decided to make the arbitration optional, not mandatory, which is a really good step. I want to see companies like Google be more responsive. And that is to say, I want there to be a reckoning, but not like a reckoning against employees, but against bad policies. I want these companies to prove that they take these matters seriously and will investigate and react in appropriate ways. I think that changing the culture within those companies will be a step in the right direction to create workplaces that are more productive and positive in general. And then that improvement in workplace culture will manifest in the actual work. So in other words, companies are going to get better results with better work environments. Now, along that same vein, I want to see a continuation of a trend of seeing a greater representation in technology at all levels for anyone who's not young and male. And that's essentially what I mean by representation. Uh, young, male, and white would be even more specific, although in technology we're seeing uh, other folks besides just uh, Caucasian men in the, the field. I want to see more of that. I want to see people who are of all ethnicities, genders, sexual orientations. I want to see more of everybody in technology I think that the world of technology needs to be a reflection of the world around us. That way, the stuff that we're making 
tends to be representative of who we are as a collective group. And it doesn't leave people out. You also see less chance for things like bias to be inserted into the design process. I talked about that with artificial intelligence and machine learning and about how bias, even unconscious bias, can find its way into these sorts of systems. And that can be harmful in the long run. Well, with increased representation, that can be something we can reduce. And I'm not talking about just throwing people in there for the sake of throwing them in there. There are lots of people who are very interested and qualified in these fields who are finding it difficult to get a real working job in those spaces. I want to see that change. So I also want to see changes in our various institutions to encourage greater representation. And I'm talking from education to employment to entertainment because we've constructed this reality. And then we've reinforced this reality. This idea of to be in technology means that you need to be a guy. That tends to be the the messaging that we make with our various systems and even our entertainment and culture. I don't believe it's necessarily real. Some women have no interest in these fields. That's true. There are some women who have no interest in technology. But there's some men who don't have interest in technology. Some women are very much interested and accomplished in these fields. But these women must frequently work against a reinforced system that discourages their participation. They're working even harder than men are in order to just be in the field. Not saying that they have to work harder than men to succeed, but rather they have a system that does not favor them. They have to work to get past that. And I'm talking about women versus men, but a lot of these concepts apply to those other factors like ethnicity or sexual orientation. We've constructed ideas of where people should fit based upon whatever categories they seem to belong to. And in my mind, that has been a huge problem, not just for people who find themselves having to overcome those preconceptions, but for all of us. Now, I really believe that technology improves as we include more people in the design and construction of that technology. So by encouraging a wider spectrum of people into the field, we bring in new perspectives, we bring in new ideas, new approaches. Our stuff improves because we're getting more of the best ideas and implementations. When we discourage people from going into these fields, that they are otherwise interested in, we're denying ourselves the benefit of their work. So remember, the first computers weren't electronic. They weren't even electromechanical. The first computers were women who were calculating ballistics tables for the military. Let's not do anything to discourage that representation. Now, that's the super heavy stuff I wanted to talk about. I got it all the way first thing. When we come back, we'll go to some more general ideas about technology that aren't quite so heavy-handed. But first, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. 
Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk about some of the other wishes I have for 2019. One of those wishes is something that a lot of people have been asking for for a very long time. I want us to see in 2019, Twitter introduced the option to edit a tweet within a certain amount of time of having posted that tweet. That way, when someone posts something that has a typo in it, or maybe it's not a fully formed thought, maybe they accidentally posted it before they had even finished writing out the tweet, maybe they posted something and thought, oh man, no, that really needs a little more context. It's easy that you could add Another tweet to that, you could thread tweets to explain it, but it would be great if you could edit it. It would be nice if you could do so, so that the tweet isn't immediately seized upon by the general Twitter public, which is pretty judgmental. If you've been on Twitter, you can see that a bad tweet can get a lot of very negative reaction very quickly, and it might be the case where someone didn't intend for the tweet to come across the way it did. 
Now, in some of those cases, it's pretty undeniable. Someone's trolling or just uh, espousing terrible beliefs or thoughts or whatever. But in other cases, I think it really just genuinely comes across as a goof. So it would be really nice if we could edit it. Now, I don't think the edit feature should allow people to change tweets years after they made those tweets. Maybe the time limit could be a couple of minutes from the posted tweet, just a couple minutes max. And I wouldn't even mind if the tweet indicated that it had been edited, that if anyone saw the tweet after the edit, it would actually show this tweet has been edited at such and such timestamp. That's fine. Just let me fix my typos without having to delete and repost a message or follow up with a, a done goofed up tweet. We should also see in 2019 some early deployment and rollout of 5G technology. And I haven't really talked about 5G on tech stuff very much yet, so I'll have to do an episode on it pretty soon. But it is the next generation of wireless data transmission protocols. It is a promising uh, uh, technology. We're going to see some pretty wicked speed from this thing, like a gigabit per second download rate for users, which is really fast for wireless. I mean, it's, I consider it really fast, period. I can't get a gigabit download on my service, and I have the best that I can possibly have in my neighborhood. Uh, I'm pretty sure we won't see global 5G coverage until about 2020 at the earliest, but we should at least have some areas covered in 2019 and some technology incorporating 5G in it. So my wish list is for me to be in that coverage area so I can change how I access the internet at home. Yes, this is a selfish wish that is ultimately all about me. More generally, I look forward to seeing how 5G can support new technologies, including expansive Internet of Things technologies. If I had one big wish for it, it would be that all the people building the tech that's going to be running on 5G are doing so with security in mind and that the tech would be... Uh, really strong against hackers and people who want to leverage and exploit that system because it presents an incredibly tempting target and a potentially rich environment for people for to actually exploit it. So we got to be careful out there. I think we're going to see a lot more large-scale renewable energy projects come online in 2019. So my wish is that these are successful and can show how renewable energy, when properly deployed, can help offset our need to depend upon fossil fuels. I'm pretty much convinced that renewable energy has to be at least part of our strategy to meet our energy needs moving forward, at least until we can crack sustainable fusion. My wish is that the global community, the U.S. included, would invest more in building out renewable energy power plants and that we use that to decrease the load on fossil fuel burning power plants rather than just generate and then gobble up extra energy. That is a big wish because typically when it comes to stuff like electricity, we just tend to use more if we generate more. We don't tend to say, oh, well, now we have more electricity than we need so we can shift 30% of our production to renewables or whatever. So my wish is that we buck that trend and we really start moving off of fossil fuels as much as we can. And on a related note, my wish is that we as a whole will develop and adopt strategies to reduce carbon dioxide emissions, whether that's, uh, you know, embracing electric vehicles more and then also making sure that the way we generate electricity doesn't use a lot of fossil fuels, or also that we come up with more strategies to capture carbon from the atmosphere. 
And this would help us mitigate the effects of climate change. Now, I want to be clear, even if I'm being at my most optimistic, there's no way that we're going to reverse the trend on any sort of near-term basis for climate change. For that, we're talking generations down the road. But we can work to reduce climate change's impact in the uh, lifetime that we have And then we can also set the stage for recovery for future generations. It requires us to be a little selfless because we're going to have to make some sacrifices on the way in order to make that happen. But I think it's absolutely necessary if we want to avoid global catastrophe. Another wish I have to see in 2019 or I hope to see in 2019 are some good advances in autonomous car technology. I did all those episodes and I talked about where we are and where we need to be. We've seen a ton of progress so far. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I am incredibly impressed with where we are. But I also feel we're not nearly as far along as would be indicated with the launch of something like Waymo One, or at least the way it's marketed, or the deployment of Tesla's autopilot feature. Um, These things give us, I think, an unrealistic expectation of where we are with autonomous car technology. We're not nearly as far along as I think a lot of people just assume Now, I hope that the various programs that are in place like Waymo One are able to gather more information and build out better and better models so that we can get to autonomous cars where we feel safe with them on the road in wide deployment. And I'm hoping we see a lot of that in 2019. We see a lot of advance toward that. I honestly don't think we're going to get to a future where autonomous cars are going to integrate seamlessly with traffic for another probably five or six years, I would guess, at least. That's me being kind of conservative with those. I I think really, or actually being generous, because I think really it's going to be more like 10 years before we're really, really certain. And that's because driving is such a complicated uh, process and so many different things can happen that you can't easily plan for when you're building out an autonomous system. But I think we're going to see a lot more advance in it next year, just not to the point where we're going to have super-duper robo-cars. Now, shortly after this episode airs, I'm going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada to attend, or Nevada, I'm sorry, to attend the 2019 CES. So here are some things I hope I will see at CES. There are some things I know I'm going to see. I'm going to see the latest in televisions. You know, they're going to be ultra-high definition, beautiful 4K, 8K sets. I'm going to see all that kind of stuff there. I hope I'm going to see some truly cool innovations in some technology that's just kind of hitting a slump right now, stuff like virtual reality and augmented reality. You know, those just haven't really been able to take hold the way people were hoping just a couple of years ago. And I still think both technologies are really incredible. They're also technologies that tend to be hard to promote for a lot of reasons. One is that they all all tend to be pretty expensive. Most of the time, you have to pair the headset with some other piece of technology such as a game console or a high-performing computer or a smartphone. So if you're just starting out and you don't have any of these things, you may have to buy several pieces of equipment, not just the headset or a headset and a controller. So for consoles and computers, that typically means you've also got a physical cable connecting the headset to the device. There are some wireless solutions out there, but they're not many. Uh, So I'm hoping I'll see some wireless tech on display for AR and VR at CES, though that in itself is a challenge when you go to a show like CES because there's just hundreds of companies showing off wireless technologies. So there's a lot of potential interference at CES, but I hope to see it anyway. 
Beyond all these technical and economic challenges to getting VR and AR out the door, there's another big obstacle. It's really hard to promote these technologies without having someone actually experience it. It's one of those things that you kind of have to try to get a feel for how incredible it could be. Also, I tend to be a little reticent to try these kinds of technologies at CES because... You're in an enormous convention with tens of thousands of people, many of whom have tried that technology before you got there, which seems like a really good way to get conjunctivitis. But my wish is to see better VR and AR technology and some really cool applications this year at CES. There are a lot of outlets predicting that we're going to see various foldable screens at CES, which could be cool. I'm talking about like things like foldable phones and laptops that are taking advantage of OLED technology, screens that you can actually fold themselves. So it's not just a hinged thing, but something that can fold and bend because of the nature of the OLED technology. My wish is to see really innovative designs that take full advantage of this quality before the uh, novelty factor wears off. The nice thing about CES wishes is that uh, I'm going to find out if they come true or not right at the very start of the year. So... That'll get out of the way pretty early on. One other big wish is I would love to uh, uh, see some innovative, engaging new social networking platforms emerge in 2019. I feel like Facebook's year in 2018 provided a lot of lessons to learn about how to conduct business, uh, how to treat customers, both on the user side and advertisers. But I also think that once you have a really large established company like Facebook, it can be really hard to create actionable plans based on those lessons. It can be hard to enact those lessons. I'd love to see a new take on social networking that would be guided by those lessons. And I'd love to see that get traction. That being said, there have been plenty of social networking sites that have tried to rise up to challenge Facebook over the years, and none of them have had much success, at least not in the United States. Some of them were smaller endeavors like Diaspora, but others were from big companies like Apple, which had Ping. Do you remember Ping? Or Google with Google+. Plus. That's going to shut down in 2019 after a couple of big data breaches became public. But someone's got to be able to come up with a new approach that's engaging enough to get people to adopt it. I mean, we think of Facebook as being enormous, but MySpace was enormous before Facebook came along. So it's not unprecedented. It just requires a social networking site that is compelling, it's easy to use, you know, it's well-designed, and it's very transparent in its policies. That's what's needed. And even then, after that, you still have to convince people to go over there and, and use it. That's the toughest part, I guess. But I'm hoping that we see that. If nothing else, it would add more pressure on Facebook to make changes that would be positive for all of its users. I have a few more wishes I want to share, but first, let's take another quick break to thank our sponsor. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. 
Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. And Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. 
But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see a lot more focus and enthusiasm around science and technology from an educational perspective in 2019. We're starting to see some of that stuff now, which is great. I want that trend to continue. Uh, There is a fun documentary in 2018 called Science Fair, which in part seems to revel in absurdity because in some cases they're they're likening science to something like being a rock star. But I think that's awesome. And to be fair, I think the documentary brings that out too. I don't think they're making fun of the kids. And it's not like this is unprecedented. There are figures like Thomas Edison, Nikola Tesla, Albert Einstein. They were all treated as not just brilliant people but celebrities. I think elevating science and technology in this way, not as a cult of personality, mind you, but as something that's just really interesting to pursue is a fantastic idea. I want to see more people from all backgrounds encouraged to dive into that world. I want to see schools and organizations invest in it to give young people the chance to try out new ideas. Now, I'm nowhere near the first person to say this, but one of the most amazing things about young people is that they don't know what is impossible. So sometimes they find ways to accomplish things that older people, like myself, have long dismissed as being outside of our capabilities. And so time and again, young people prove that old folks like me are wrong, that we're narrow-minded, that we're not considering all the potential. 
And the impossible is, in fact, achievable in some cases. This is a source of unending inspiration for me. And so I want to see 2019 bring with it a culture that supports and encourages that kind of participation. In the field of entertainment, getting into some real fluffy stuff, I would love to see some hopeful science fiction. I, I think... Dark science fiction definitely has its place, and I love it. A lot of my favorite novels are in that kind of dystopian sci-fi realm like 1984 or Brave New World or Fahrenheit 451. Science fiction has often been the vehicle that authors have used to warn us about potentially catastrophic scenarios that could come about sometimes due to misuse of technology, sometimes despite our ability to use technology. And I don't think that those stories should stop. We have a need for stuff like Black Mirror. It reminds us that we need to be careful. But I'd also love to see more hopeful, aspirational science fiction. Stories that contain not only conflict, but wonder and innovation. I'd like to see something closer to Star Trek The Next Generation. I think it's good to have both kinds of stories out there. On the one hand, you want to remind everyone that technology by itself can be misused, or it can be designed in such a way that it causes harm, whether intentionally or otherwise. But on the other hand, I, I think we also have a need to have inspirational stories that remind us that this isn't necessarily the only outcome for the future. We can shape that future through our choices. And if we make good choices, we're more likely to have a good future as a result. So here's to hoping for more aspirational sci-fi in 2019. We're going to see several new premium streaming video services emerge in 2019, and we're not really sure what's going to happen with Hulu next year as Disney asserts majority control over the service. My hope, though, is that we continue to see innovative programming on these various services. So it can be frustrating as a consumer to see the proliferation of so many services scattering the various types of content we want to see across numerous subscriptions. I mean, one of the big motivating factors for cord cutting is that you don't want to pay for all the stuff you don't want to see. But then if all the stuff you want to see gets spread out over competing services, the only way to see all of it is to subscribe to all those competing services, which just seems like it's it's complicated in a different way. So my hope is that more storytellers are going to get cool opportunities to bring their ideas to life thanks to those streaming services. I, I don't wish any of them to necessarily just go away. I mean, obviously people, their livelihoods depend upon these things. I want it to be in such a way that it makes sense for consumers, and I want to see more stories get a chance to come to life. Though um, I'm sure I'll still be grouchy about how many of those services I'll be subscribing to, because I see that when that notification pops up in my email each month, I just think, but I need them. Oh, and since Disney has now acquired Fox, I kind of hope we start seeing stuff like the X-Men get incorporated into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's kind of outside the scope of tech stuff. That's just what Jonathan hopes to see in theaters moving forward. But sticking with entertainment, I'm going to get really granular here. This is another Jonathan-specific wish. I hope that Bethesda is able to sort out and salvage Fallout 76. I'm one of a relatively small percentage of players who enjoys the game, or at least I haven't grown so frustrated that I won't play the game, but I think anyone who is being intellectually honest has to admit that game has a lot of issues. Bethesda has already started to address some of those. They've rolled out various patches. I would love to see Fallout 76 reach a point where 
people playing the game don't feel like they have to justify their decision to play the game. So in other words, I want to see Fallout 76 reach a point at which the average critic would say, it's a good game. Maybe not a great game, but a good game by the end of 2019. That might take a lot of work considering how hard a lot of critics slagged this game. And again, I can't blame them for their reactions. Uh, I don't hate it, but I definitely see the reasoning behind the criticism. I'm also hoping that we see many more high-quality podcasts emerge in 2019, whether they are ongoing series or a limited run. One of the things I love about podcasts is that it can give people who have incredible stories to tell a platform upon which they can share those stories. Whether it's an investigative podcast that dives deep into a subject or an event in order to tell that really compelling story, or it's a more general podcast that covers topics like technology, or if it's a comedy podcast that's just really made to make people laugh. We're in a real golden age of content right now. There's way too much out there right now for anyone to listen to all of it. But I'm still hoping that 2019 will bring with it some amazing shows with different voices telling important or entertaining stories, or that some of those podcasts that are already out there and are already amazing, but are largely unknown— I hope they can rise up to the surface so that more people can discover them. Uh, I still really love listening to podcasts. Uh, I, I, As a podcaster who does this all the time, I still think it's one of the most entertaining forms of uh, connecting with people. So I definitely want to see more of those. As for things I'm not wishing for in 2019, I'm not wishing for flying cars. I know people are still working on that, but honestly, we are still dealing with trying to get terrestrial autonomous cars working. I can't even imagine what happens when we get the flying cars in there. Now, in some ways, flying can actually be easier for automated systems, particularly when you're at a high enough altitude where there are very few potential obstacles. But once you talk about a vehicle that should be able to operate both on the ground level and in the air above, say, a city you encounter some really difficult problems that we absolutely have to solve before we can safely roll out, so to speak, so ambitious a technology. I don't necessarily think flying cars will never be a thing, but I think we just need to kind of put that on the back burner for like a decade or so to make sure we've got the biggest challenges sorted out. I'm also not wishing for more marketing speech around the concept of digital transformation. That is... You know, I can get behind the idea. Generally speaking, it suggests that we leverage technology, particularly digital technologies, to do work and solve problems. It's sort of an extension of the old paperless office concept in which computers would remove the need for us to have all those darn paper files and everything. But the marketing around this concept tends to be very shallow. Um, it tends to be let's throw technology at the problem and that will fix everything, which I don't think is ever really true. I've seen businesses, organizations, and schools jump on this kind of idea because it almost seems like it's a shortcut to success, right? That, oh, if we just throw computers at it, things will be better. But it's not just the technology that makes things better. It's the application of technology that's really important. Not, not the acquisition of tech, but the way you apply it. So I'd like to see more attention devoted to implementing technology purposefully and thoughtfully rather than just let's get the the newest toys that are out there and, and give them to everybody. That doesn't necessarily fix everything. In fact, at least in the short term, it can make things worse as everyone just tries to figure out how the darn thing works. 
And I don't think we're going to see any enormous leaps in AI in 2019. We'll see improvement, obviously, that will continue. We'll see innovation. We'll see interesting ways in which people are going to apply AI. But I don't think we're going to get the world's first self-aware conscious machine or anything like that. But this is a wish list, not a predictions list. So my wish list is if we do get some sort of self-aware, self-conscious machine, which, by the way, I think is almost impossible. But if we do get it, my wish is that it is a genuinely helpful construct and that will augment our ability to learn and to grow as people. I would absolutely love for AI to become better human beings. That would be my, my wish. And I know that's a huge wish on top of the possibility of this AI even existing to make it a benevolent one that makes us better people. That's a huge, huge thing. It's not even close to being listed as one of the more likely scenarios in the wake of a sophisticated artificial intelligence emerging. But we are talking about wishes here. What about you guys? What do you wish for in 2019? What are you hoping to see or experience? What are you hoping in the world of tech will happen? I'm curious to hear your thoughts. And also, if you have any suggestions for future episodes of Tech Stuff, whether it's a company, a technology, maybe there's someone I should interview, let me know. Send me an email. The address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Or drop by our website. That's techstuffpodcast.com. You're going to find other ways to contact me there, including social media. There's also a link to our merchandise store. That's over at tpublic.com slash techstuff. Every item you purchase goes to help the show, and we greatly appreciate it. And I'll talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. 
The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. 